welcome to another episode of the Multiversity Manga Club. I am your host, Emily, and as always, I'm joined by my two co-hosts, Walter and Zach. What is going on? Hello, hello. Not much. Uh, just uh, taking a break from Fire Emblem to record this podcast. Uh, for a Multiverse's preeminent video game podcast? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> how, how is Three Houses? It is very good. I, I give it three thumbs up. I admittedly want to play that, but I can't really afford to be buying more video games right now. Got a bit of a backlog. Yeah, backlog, and I don't know if I want to set aside time just for three houses, if that makes any sense. No, I get it. Uh, because I feel like some of the other stuff I play, like Final Fantasy XIV, it's like, well, I can kind of play that in, since I beat like the main story of the new expansion, I feel like I can sort of just uh, pick it up and put it down. Yeah, with, with like games or books or everything i feel like certain games certain books certain media in general occupy different head spaces and i can juggle some things at the same time because i'm not going to be in the mood for one of them at the expense of the other you know yeah that that yeah i would agree with that um, I don't, I don't have any kind of, um, you know, medieval fantasy things filling my brain right now. <laughs> right. Um, exactly. So I have the space for that. Yeah. Yeah. Long, long JRPGs though. I kind of, I feel like I have to block time for it. And then I feel extra bad when I drop them. If that, if that happens, which I have done, not, not always because I didn't like it, but just because I just felt like playing something else. And then I come back to it two years later, and I'm like, "What even was happening?" So then you start oh, over. Yeah. And I then always the cycle start repeats. over. Yeah. Sometimes yeah, I yeah. finish. Um, I've been on a really good streak of finishing my JRPGs recently. So hopefully yeah, that'll hopefully that'll carry out here. Um, yeah, I feel yeah. like the same. I mean, I beat Kingdom Hearts three. Oh gosh. What was oh, I've almost beat that again since we talked. <laughs> <last>. <laughs> Critical mode. Yeah, I, I've, critical. I've seen you. I've seen you on there when like logging on to PlayStation uh-huh. every now and then. I see up. Oh, Zach's playing Kingdom like, Hearts oh, three again. Zach playing? Oh, Kingdom Hearts three. Okay. I'm, I'm almost done. I'm uh, I'm uh, past the final world for anyone okay. who has a reference point for that. Um, the and, final complete world. Well, the 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 world that is known as the final world. Gotcha, gotcha. Oh yeah, the place. Yes, I know yeah, what you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, yeah, um, and like not. I I hope I'm not just like doing this frivolously. Like there's supposedly a a thing that you get for doing it, or well, there is a thing that you get, but no one really knows what it does yet. But there there are theories. Uh, okay. Um, enjoying enjoying that Kingdom Hearts theory hunting and lore hunting. Oh, it's so good. I actually did catch something. Uh, in the second playthrough that I didn't notice before. Um, that feels kind of big, but mm, anyway. Okay. I guess that's we'll been, see. Uh, yeah. That's been uh, Multiversity Manga Club video game talk. Yeah. <laughs> As always. The obligatory, yeah, the obligatory three minutes of game talk or TV. Moving on to business now. Yeah, yeah. So we're going to jump right into our monthly uh book club discussion which for this month for well the month of july was my pick and i picked jojo's bizarre adventure part three stardust crusaders (laughs) that's a bit of a mouthful so 
I'm really kind of dying to hear you guys' (laughs) comments on this because we've talked a bit about JoJo um, just kind of in passing and when discussing, like, series that Shonen Jump might bring here. Um, Obviously, they've they've made parts one, two, and three available through the online service and Mm -hmm. also in physical form. I think they're actually done releasing three physically. I'm not 100% I think on that. They, I, think, I think they were as of like a few months ago. Yeah, they would have had to have been if they're releasing part four now right. in physical form. I would think they wouldn't do that before they finished part three. But Which, quick comment, those hardcovers are beautiful books. Yeah, wonderful <laughs> books. Probably like my favorite. We have parts one and two physically. Uh, they're on our shelf right now and they look really nice and the like the paper quality, the hardcover quality is just yeah. really good, and the art, of course. So the new, the new Araki art, Hirohiko Araki, of course, the mangaka of JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, did new art for the covers, which looks more like his Part Eight style. His style kind of goes through transformation from Part One to Part Eight. Of course, the series has over been the, going yeah over like you know what three decades. The series has been going for about thirty years now. I think it started in eighty nine. It might have even started in eighty eight. Uh, uh, Wikipedia says 87. Oh, shoot, 87. Mm, okay, thanks, Zach. Um, <laughs> so it's older than I am, um, but by a little bit. But yeah, this this one man, Hirohiko Araki, a, a god among human beings, um, has, <laughs> has been working on this series for most of his life, I would say. Yeah, and pretty much. Probably, I hope when he's done that he doesn't have to do anything else because this is definitely like a masterwork i would say um even though it's not i mean it's not finished yet and i haven't read part eight but part three very well known uh i guess by manga readers throughout the world it's probably the most just like globally famous part Mm -hmm. a lot of people's favorites for good reason it's somewhat similar to how in the u.s we got you know dragon ball z which wasn't like a right real thing um, right. It, we called it Z, even though it was a continuation of the original Dragon Ball story. And I don't right. think it was ever denoted as Z in the manga. Right. JoJo's is a bit different in that, you know, it is actually part three. That is the official designation and all that. But we kind of, you know, it, it, for the longest time, the only like official yeah. translation um, you could. Re- well, yeah, the only official translation you could read was just mm-hmm. part three and right. there was an older was it an ova it was an ova of part three which kind of was a like greatest hits of the right. the sand users they fight in part three i remember a couple i don't remember any of the ones we read particularly i know there's one from later on there's a guy right before they they uh I guess this is kind of spoilers, but they add a dog to their party, a dog stand user. Um, and also, of course, the final fight towards the end with Theo uh, is, is most well known. That Actually, um, I think, I want to say Satoshi Kone worked on the animation for it a little bit. I think, I think that's right. Yeah, yeah, I think so too, actually. That sounds Interest- familiar. Interestingly enough, yeah. there's. I don't think it's known to be like super good. I think it's probably just entertaining. Yeah. Uh, the new anime by David... Uh, David Production, David Studios, David Productions. I forget. Shoot, David. Um, they they did a really really good job with part three. Uh, yeah. It's it honestly. Um, I mean, I, I would still recommend reading the manga, but if you'd want to watch the show, it, it's really good supplement. In fact, you could just watch 
the parts or you could watch all of it as far as i've seen it's it's a really good adaptation for what it is i mean there are some animation there's some parts where they cut corners you can see but it's not nearly as bad as like some stuff you'd see with like toei but to get i guess a little deeper into what we actually read last month um part three you you could start with part three as i was talking about uh in the last episode Uh, you can and you can't i mean with a lot of these parts, they're going to reference things that happened before. Right. They expect you to know a couple characters. There are some little character kind of bios and like catch-ups for you. The ideal thing is to read all of it, but for all intents and purposes, like you could start with part three. And part three follows the story of Jotaro Kujo, who is a descendant uh, of the Jojos we met in parts one and two. He's specifically, most notably, he's uh, Joseph Joestar's grandson. And he comes to discover that he has this stand ability, which is this thing where he can manifest a guardian spirit of sorts. And it stands next to him. Thus the name. Thus the name stand. Which is very quickly in the series (laughs) abandoned. What do you mean? In that many do not stand next to you. Well, I think like when they come out, a lot of them like stand, a lot of, you see a lot of uh, characters with a stand kind of hovering over them or next to them. Sure. Which I, I just remember there's a there's a funny page um, in the in the selection that we read where it's like a description of like the rules that stands follow and like looking at them like you know I I haven't read all of it or I haven't even read most of it just one two and now parts yeah. of three but knowing what I know from talking about it with you um, Emily Whoops. Um, <laughs> I know that most of those rules are broken. <laughs> he breaks the rules a lot. Really, the only thing that stand that stands, huh? the only thing that, like I guess, stays the same is that only stand users can see stands, and other stands, which Ex- I feel like except is a- for there is one stand in this. <laughs> one very oh, important. Okay, breaks okay, that. Even even then, there are that. exceptions. If like if there's really powerful energy. If you stand with power, it can be seen by others, uh, which is just kind of a necessity for the story. And it's really cool, by the way. But It is, uh, it is cool. <laughs> I think the other thing is also you, and I think this is also something that's, that's that has exceptions, but like only another stand, only a stand can be another stand, usually, most of the time, <laughs> unless someone in the fight says, oh, you're going to have to do something else besides fight me with your stand. Um, so... I guess getting back to like the main kind of just like overarching plot of part three of what we read. I mean, part three is much more of like a boss rush kind of story, I would say. Right. Um, Yeah. Boss rush slash slash monster of the week. And that almost kind of makes it sound like it's not, wouldn't be as good as parts one and two, but I still think it's a lot better than one and two just because it's more creative and wacky. It's so crazy. So I haven't read part two, but I've read part one. Um, and so I guess like on two points there to speak on, you know, coming into three, I actually felt like it leaned more heavily on part one and Absolutely. I, yeah. Oh, it and does. Yeah. So, so like, I don't really feel like I've missed much by not reading part two. Um, I feel like you can almost skip two. Really. Yeah. Part two is almost just like filler. The story of Joseph Joestar. Really the thing that matters is Jonathan Joestar because right. mm-hmm. Jonathan Joestar, as we know in the first story was killed by Dio. I think he also technically killed Dio, but Dio was able to put his head on Jonathan's body. 
I forget the actual specifics of this, but, <laughs> but then Dio was put into a coffin and something to do with Dio's energy or something activated or had something to do with the, the creation or just appearance of the enemies in two. Right. The awakening. And the awakening of, of the, the pillar men, which it's worth reading for the pillar men. Yeah, <laughs> it's two, a good, it's a good. Two's good. But if I feel like if someone wanted to like get into the meat of Jojo's, I wouldn't say start at three. I would say read one, skip to three. Yeah. Maybe go back and read two if you like it. If, I, if you just want to get to the stand stuff, I'd say it, it isn't worth skipping one. If, no, you don't want to skip one. I would say don't skip any of it because parts one and two are pretty yeah, short. Sure. That, that, um, yeah, that it, is, would be yeah. one, it would be one thing if parts one and two were as long as three. Uh, I wouldn't normally... I, I say cowards skip parts of JoJo, <laughs> but... Yeah, uh, I mean, part three is definitely, I think, just kind of undis- indisputably better, one of the best parts, because also, I mean, not number one, stands are, like, kind of central to JoJo's from here on out, and they kind of let Araki, be- Araki kind of realized, I think, that he could only do so much with him on, right. the, the energy that was in two, and he's like, I gotta do something else, so he basically created stands, which which are basically, if you play Persona, they're just Personas. Except Only they maybe have even more... better, uh, maybe. <laughs> yeah, they have. Well, they also have more specialized abilities. They tend mm-hmm. to not be able to do everything. Like like uh, personas tend to be like aligned towards a certain element and stuff. And actually, there are stands that are like that. Like Abdal's stand is is fire. It has fire yeah. abilities, but it, it is interesting that they um, also are based off of tarot cards as well. That is dropped later. Or, or <laughs> that, well, yeah. okay, okay. I think, well, um, I mean, he runs out of the deck. No, you're right, Zach. Yeah, I mean, you would eventually. They do have names that are related to the um, the tarot cards, like Tower and uh, Star, Star Platinum, the Tower. Some are some are like combinations of words. Some are just like called the tarot card, like the world. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's the world, the Tower. Um, Empress stuff like that, and then some have a like dark blue moon was one, and strength. Well, no, strength was just by itself. We we know what strength was. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, and of course, uh, yeah, like star platinum. This combination here, here front green. So, but later on, stands get the name of uh, singers and musicians. <laughs> uh, I know that that becomes a thing. Yeah. So. Which speaking of speaking of cowards. The, it sucks. Like the, the I, localization, the official localization, makes all these like really lame, like I. So so they change the stand names from like you know for example there's one that in the in Japanese it's called Killer Queen, right? Um, and they make it like Deadly Queen. Ugh. I guess like the I and they do this for like all of them pretty much. Pretty much the, anything. Very that, few exceptions. Uh, uh, I think crazy. See, I think Crazy Diamond was allowed to stay the same, but that, that, basically no, I think they might have changed it to Shining Diamond. Yeah, it's, it seems, you know, they're basically being extra cautious about, like, not infringing, like, trademarks or people's names or whatever, which, you can't... as, an, as an intellectual property lawyer, I can tell you they're, they're being a little overly cautious, like, using yeah. the same name isn't really going to be an issue it, here. It's it's not enough to make me not want to get the I guess official translations, but it is egregious enough because like it's one thing if they completely change the name. They did this in part three with uh, 
there's a stand called Centerfold, and I think or a guy a guy called Centerfold. His name was originally Jay Guile, the Jay Guile band. Is that right? What it is? Yeah, yeah. So they they like sometimes when they just change it to a completely different thing, that's one thing. But like when they try to make Killer Queen Deadly Queen, that's terrible. And it's funny when you're watching yeah watching the uh, sub rather than the dub, and you can because they, they say a lot of the names in English. Yoshikage Kira very clearly says Killer Queen. And then you see the sub underneath. Yeah, Deadly, Deadly. <laughs> And also, like, some of the attacks reference song names, which is even worse, because then they have to think of something to replace that. Like, actually, they might have been able to get away with sheer heart attack. I'm not 100%. They might have just called it heart attack, Maybe. which is one thing. Uh, there... There are some really bad, I, I, I could get into some of the really bad name changes they did. One of them is so bad, it's actually funny uh, for a character in part seven. Because, so that character has not been, obviously they have not gotten to part seven in the official manga translation, but they've gotten to, they've had this character in video games that have been translated to English. Right. So <laughs> this character stand had to change, like, I guess I have to tell you what the name yeah, of the you're, stand you're is. Yeah, building up the hype. Uh, <laughs> You gotta do it. So, so the character's name is Funny Valentine, uh, but his stand is called Dirty Deeds Done Dirt Cheap, and they said we can't do this. We can't have the ACDC uh, song name be the stand name. So, they decided to call the stand. I think it's Dirty. No crap. I'd have to look it up. Sorry, I didn't. Oh, I didn't all the hype! Her. All the hype! It's uh, something. Walter can edit this out. Something acts for a reasonable price. Filthy acts that are fair and reasonable price. Something like <laughs> that. Something like that. Yeah. I I like that. It's at, awful, at least, but I like that. At least that's <laughs> a bit of you know. At least that's poking fun at how stupid it is that they have to change these names so much. But so yeah, filthy acts at a reasonable price. There it is. <sighs> Sometimes they just call it D4C though, so I'm hoping they just do that. At least that's like that makes. But they call it that in the original version too. D4C right. is just a shortening. But mm. anyway, so that kind of bullshit is happening with the localization. <laughs> I mean, I'm not usually like one of these like people that gets on about localizations, but like I I really hate that they they're that cowardly because like it it's cool that they're named after right yeah musicians and. Like a, re- a reference like that is not. It's not like it looks infringement. It's not like the stand element. looks like somebody from ACDC or has anything to do with ACDC. Right. It's yeah. It wouldn't count. Yeah. But I guess so we, don't, rate, we didn't run into any of that here. No, we're three, talking about. Think. Sorry, we're talking more about other parts than we were talking. We're about talking about the JoJo Macroverse. Yeah, it's a crazy universe. Um, there are actually several. There's at least two. Um, there's yeah. I could get into it, but um. Part three, I want to say, like, it starts pretty normally for a JoJo's part. I mean, okay, it starts with Jotaro in jail because he's convinced that he's going to, I guess, kill somebody with this weird... I always thought this was a really funny way to start. Like, Jotaro's like, I have to be locked up or else I'm going to I'm gonna <laughs> hurt somebody. And they're like, wow, look at him. He stole, he stole Shonen Jump and he's <laughs> drinking beer. They were freaking out about it. The, um, the most burly 16 year old ever to live i think he's like maybe 17 he might be 17 not that it really matters he looks looks like so 36 maybe he looks he, a, he's got a real delinquent thing going on for sure yeah it's dialed up no. to 11 the really yeah. the really big um chain coming off his jacket <laughs> the hat that 
melds with his hair. The designs are so good. <laughs> They're fantastic. Yeah. I really like Kakuine. He's really cool. Um, I mm. like actually all of the cast is really... It, it, JoJo's kind of has this weird idea of masculinity I've like never seen anywhere else. Do you know? Like I, yeah, it has I a feeling to it where it's very macho, but at the same time, it's like kind of tender and sweet. It's like kind of, the, the guys are really, guys cry a lot in JoJo. It's very... I would say it's like, it's, it's very really macho, but also very glamorous. Glam- it's like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like, um, guys are like beautiful in the artistic sense. Like right. they, they glitter and sparkle. Um, they show a lot of chest or, you know, like arm, like, I don't know how to describe Like so a lot like, of the, clothes very, are in tatters a lot of the time. Very, very thickly lined eyes. Yeah. Long eyelashes. Kakuin especially looks pretty feminine and he's actually, he's actually pretty like soft-spoken and kind. Right. Jotaro is, Jotaro is a tough guy, but he's also kind of weird and goofy. Um, we don't see that as much in these, in the really early parts, but you kind of can see later on that he's not a hundred percent, like just an edgelord or anything like so, that. There's a, there's a Jotaro trope that we see a lot in the first couple of volumes that I've, really wanted to ask you about what's that it's how often he says good grief <laughs> so that's, yeah. that's a good oh. that's a good uh question so oh. i happen to know this this is this is a translation of something he says a lot in japanese which is yara yara does a which is i guess could be translated as like give me a break or oh good grief kind of just a Okay. exasperated expression right. like showing exasperation with something and they decide to translate it as good grief so i've seen yeah, i think a lot of i've seen crunchyroll translated as give me a break i think give me a break kind of fits jotaro more but at the same time he does have this he does kind of have this goofier side to him so i don't i, I really like hate it. i like how it evokes like a sort of, you know obviously as a Americans mostly associate good grief with Charlie, Charlie Brown. Brown. Yeah. Right. And so I think that's, you know, a, I'm sure that is a deliberate association on the part of the uh, translator to kind of make evoke that in the yeah. reader's head when, you know, they see this big, burly man who's really i mean not quite a man but he looks like he's like 28 Um, he looks he looks older in the show i think i think as we were talking walter and i were talking about this he looks you could believe he's a young adult in the manga you can at least believe that i think but (laughs) in the show he definitely looks like he's like 32 right (laughs) not that that's old but you you could believe he's like a bryce harper type (laughs) To some, I think Jotaro it, could be like could like eat Bryce Harper for breakfast. Oh, well, but, yeah, and but, um, any like real human being, <laughs> not uh, just with stance, you could beat him up. <laughs> yeah, so it's just JoJo's just has this really weird, bespoke sense of like manliness that doesn't that I think is really like amusing. I, I yeah. don't know a way to put. It. It's not really off putting for me as a woman reading it. Obviously, I think it's really right. great. It's, I don't, there's a word I for it. I find, there's like a profile page for him, I think early in the second volume that I'm trying to find that like says something that's really just perfect. I wish I could find it. I'm like trying to like thumb through here. That was the one that I like posted to 
Twitter when I was reading it because it's like that's where it says he's like 17 and I was like uh yeah sure <laughs> um I, I know what you're talking oh, about here it is yeah so he says um this is like under his personality Jotaro doesn't believe it's necessary for him to reveal his emotions to others because he thinks everyone can figure him out but he's often <laughs> the victim of misunderstandings oh poor sweet Jotaro you can tell he's not the terrible person but yeah he um the 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 cast is interesting um at least the the main cast with like Polnareff thank god they didn't change Polnareff's name I'm pretty there are some where his name changes like I think in one of the video games they changed his name um but thankfully like not not in this manga translation um I guess we've been speaking a lot about like the idea of JoJo's. Um, well, we've kind of got into some things that happened in part three, but. Right. I guess the one thing I want to make sure that we don't, we, we've alluded to it already a couple of times. So I'll set up with a question that's a deliberate, it's a setup because we're all going to say the same thing. Mm-hmm. Of the two volumes, what is the best stand user we've encountered so far? Are we all going to say the same strength. thing? Strength. Oh. I, I mean, yeah, it probably is. Strength, yeah. The orangutan stand. The orangutan. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so this is how weird JoJo gets. I, I can't really... The, the weirdness in JoJo's is also special, too, because it has this way of presenting itself like it's completely normal. Right. Like, you just... It just because there, as you're reading no, it, you're going along with it. You're like, yeah, yeah. But then when you think about what actually happened, and anything else, <laughs> anyone else doing something like this, I feel there'd be some semblance of like a wink and a nod, yeah, a little yeah. nudge, nudge, wink, wink, say no more. Um, but yeah, Araki, this is some of the like craziest stuff, and it's played completely straight. Completely face. straight, like the orangutan stand. Okay, so let's talk about the orangutan stand. So. Like the, now, I'm sure Araki himself like meant for it to be kind of funny, yeah. but it all in like the tonal it's, delivery. It's funny and serious. Like I think JoJo's more than anything I've ever read does funny and serious at the same time, like a lot. Yeah, and it doesn't really screw up the tone too much. So I mean, basically, the story of Part Three is they're trying to get to Egypt to kill Dio. That, that's basically it. That's it. Specifically because they have 50 days to save mom. JoJo's mom. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. she's starting to manifest. Manifest her stand, stand because but when she's a she's well, there are female stand users, but unfortunately, yeah, she is kind of just used to like, okay, we have to save mom because she can't handle her stand power because she's so gentle. Which I mean, probably the same thing would happen to me. Let's be honest, but. <laughs> So when Dio, basically when Dio awakened, it awakened the stand powers in the Joestar family because he, <coughs> it's so weird. He has a Joestar body, but he's still Dio because his head's on Jonathan's body. Anyway. I mean, it makes sense when yeah. you think about it. So it has a logic. Yeah. So they're on their way to Egypt and they keep getting sabotaged at like every corner at every stop by different stand users who are working for Dio. And one of the stand users, I don't even think the orangutan was was Dio was, right? That wasn't really explained. I don't. Think. I don't think he was with Dio. He was just there. <laughs> so you have to imagine this: the scenario that JoJo's that Iraqi has created is that an orangutan gained stand powers. First of all, <laughs> the stand manifested as a freighter. 
as like an oil tanker or like a um, a huge aircraft carrier, basically. So um, immediately breaking that one of his rules in that same very volume so he said about stands. Was the orangutan in the jungle and the freighter? <laughs> And that, manifest there or did he make sure he was out in the water <laughs> well i think it wasn't i think it wasn't necessarily that the stand was a freighter it's he could cha- like he could change the stand okay so, and so the orangutan somehow had the idea of making a freighter <laughs> that's it i think yeah and then funniest- we don't really know what it otherwise was like i guess maybe it was like some malleable metal well, form it could it, it basically did whatever he wanted. He could right. make it, like, suck people into the floor. Right. When he was, obviously, like, if he was off of it, he'd have no stand power. But on the ship, he could... Right. Anything that was part of the ship, he controlled. So he, like, wears... He steals some clothes to become, like, a captain or something. And he messes with Jotaro. But Jotaro eventually uses one of his buttons to hit him in the <laughs> face because that's not part of the ship. Uh, it's great. It's so weird. I mean... There's there's some ideas that aren't that weird on paper. I mean, okay, orangutan. Having... I think all of them are really weird, <laughs> like in execution. Like literally, everyone feels so weird. Um, <laughs> like I don't I don't want to like jump away from the orangutan, the, the strength stand too quickly. But um, thinking about like the um, the was it the devil stand? Was that the assassin one? Yeah. Oh, um, was that soul sacrifice? Soul sacrifice, yeah. yes. The one that fought like, with Polnareff in the hotel room. <laughs> uh-huh, yeah. Like, that was the wildest. That that was, like, very much um, some, like, like, the horror in that. Um, there is some like, horror. That was some Junji Ito type yeah. stuff. Um, which was which was similar with part one. Um, yeah, part one had some. Yeah, you're right, actually, yeah. There, there, it's definitely got some horror elements from time to time. Not yeah. quite as much in part two, if I remember correctly. Not as Still much. No, it, it, part two is like a kind of like a shonen tournament kind of thing where it's kind of like Joseph shonen, trains shonen Indiana Jones in a way. Yeah, it is though because yeah. Joseph. Well, Joseph um, kind of becomes a well. He starts to look like old Indiana Jones a little bit. Like he kind of dresses they, like when, him. When did Raiders of the Lost Ark come about? Uh, probably around the time. I mean, Rocky's known to be a big fan of movies and music, obviously. I mean, your your theory um, that you've shared with me a few times is that Rocky, like, just kind of puts anything that he's, like, mm-hmm. starting to get interested in. Yeah. Like, oh, you know, I should do, I should add that to JoJo's. The main, the main villain of part four, which came out in the early 90s, was a, like, handsome man that liked to kill women. And he's, like... He's been obsessed with his looks and like has business cards and stuff. And I'm I was thinking, oh, okay, he read American Psycho or something. Did that come out? I was just saying it was like Japanese translation of American Psycho. Right. Um, it, it's probably. I mean, I'm not saying you couldn't come up with that idea by yourself, but it. So there were some things I remember when watching Part Four. Where I was like, whoa, what? This reminds me of Patrick Bateman. At any rate, I mean, yeah, he does have. I, I can't help but think that Joseph Joestar is somewhat. A little bit influenced by Indiana Jones, possibly because he kind of looks like him. He has a hat, a similar He's got hat, the and hat outfit. Too. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, see, I think by the time that I got to Soul Sacrifice, I was so I was so into this series, and I was just kind of like accepting its logic by this point that it didn't even really register how strange it was with me. I was just like, ah, yes, 
That makes sense. So, yeah, I mean, the, the stands get more and more creative, I think. Um, even though I wouldn't say JoJo's... JoJo's doesn't really have any themes. It's not really about anything. It's It doesn't really... It is the one true work of apolitical art. Well, part seven starts to get into that a little bit, but it it I would say like there's not really a lot of character depth. The characters are good. There are some emotional parts. I definitely cried at one part in part three, so I'm not saying it has nothing. <laughs> uh, but I think like the really cool thing uh, to read it for is like the creativity and obviously like the weirdness, just the sheer, the sheer weirdness, <laughs> the sheer bizarreness, one might say, of one this. Might of this story because um, you know he starts getting into these ideas like in volume three there's a guy whose stand can affect you only through mirrors so he like he could see him like or anything that could be a reflective surface oh so so <laughs> what's up we we didn't get to him right it necessarily but, yeah. but he is alluded to yeah, yeah. in one of my favorite sections of like our reading <laughs> the man with two right hands oh. yeah. <laughs> okay walter showed me that he was like emily what the i was like oh yeah because that's another part where i was reading it was like pulling like i'm looking for a man with two right hands i'm like okay yeah yeah especially in comparison to everything else that's like yeah yeah man with two right hands <laughs> walter maybe. looks at me like emily what the hell is going on i was like it's jojo's i don't know what to tell you <laughs> it, it's it's the six-fingered man dialed up yeah he was watching okay so here's the thing he was watching princess bride <laughs> he was watching indiana jones he was watching a documentary on india <laughs> and i don't know what else to like and i'm writing jojo's i guess and he's like hey that would be really cool if like i could incorporate all of this together but yeah so the two right-handed uh guy does has the mirror stand where if you are looking at a reflective surface, I guess, and he's around, he can use the reflective surface to attack you. But he's not actually in the real world, if that makes any sense. He's in the mirror. Or he's in the reflective surface. It's basically Mirror Master. Yeah. Oh, is that a is that a DC or Marvel? It's, it's a Flash villain, yeah. He does cocaine. Um, oh. I don't know if Jay Guile, or sorry, not Jay Guile. Uh, Centerfold did cocaine, but... Maybe. At any rate... Um, yeah, and uh, Whole Horse, my favorite character, which I don't think you guys got to him, but yeah, he's uh, my fa- one of my favorite characters in part three. I wouldn't say my favorite character. He's this like kind of uh, chivalrous, um, uh, macho man. Noble outlaw. Uh, not really. He's a bad guy. He's really wimpy and uh, terrible person, really slimy. Uh, but yeah, he has a really cool stand. It's just a gun. He stands a gun. And it comes out of his hand. It like materializes, like he spins his hand, spins his hand like if you would twirl a gun. And oh, it comes classic! Out. Yeah, and he can control the bullets, and that's that's basically his stand. Yeah, there's. I kind of want to talk about some of the weirder stands in the series, but like, <laughs> I could talk about I could talk about the weird stuff in this series forever. It's definitely some of the weirdest stuff you will ever see. I don't say that lightly. Do you guys um have anything else you want to mention? Or <laughs> scenes or characters you like? I don't know. Or... I'm trying to think. I really did just like enjoy this even more than I expected to, um, based on uh, having read part one beforehand and and kind of having idea an idea of what I was getting into. Um, it it really is this thing that I think is greater than the sum of its parts on paper. It just sounds weird, but 
when it all comes together, you know, the 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 like flamboyant machoism combined with the the like very high concepts and kind of just the stream of consciousness storytelling too. It has a very like dreamlike quality. It just goes. It just goes. It's, it just goes. It's good though. It's one of the like. Usually, I'm like, that's a complaint for me. And I'm like, JoJo just goes, and it's awesome. Right. Can't complain. Yeah. So this is a great series. I hope we get to revisit it in the future, maybe with another part. Yeah, probably. Um, we should um we should do the live action part four movie. Ooh, yeah. that's a good idea. We if should. it ever comes, Whenever, if it ever comes here, right? If it ever comes here in some official capacity, we should we should definitely do that. But, right. Um, yeah, JoJo's gets my uh, a wholehearted thumbs up from me. I'd agree. Yeah. I'm going to read more for sure. I was just going to say, I definitely do plan on going back and going through part two. Um, probably, I had it intended to before getting into three, um, but yeah. One Piece has been taking up all my time. <laughs> Under- understandable, understandable. Well, uh, Walter, what are we going to be reading next month since it's your pick? Next month, we're going to be reading Blam. It's a uh, manga by it's that, uh, Sutomu Nihei, I believe that's pronounced. Uh, it yeah. is a sci-fi book that has a very interesting visual style to it. Um, I just kind of saw some tweets about it uh, a few months ago, and I was like, wow, that looks really neat. Uh, mm-hmm. So def- I think there... There's a um, anime adaptation of some kind yeah, for like it. it. Mm-hmm. So we'll be reading once again. That's another one with like two large with large volumes. So we're just going to be doing two rather than uh, three smaller ones. Um, though it is a fairly finite work. Possibly, if we like it well enough, some of us might finish it. We'll see. So let's do that. <laughs> um, so we're going to take a quick break and then we'll be back to talk about the mm-hmm. month of July in Shonen Jump. Hello, podcast listeners. We're the hosts of the DC3 cast. I'm Zach. I'm Vince. And I'm Brian. Each week, we discuss most of the new releases from DC Comics, focusing mainly on Rebirth, Wildstorm, and Young Animal. We also look at the news of the week, discuss the film and television adaptations of DC material, and dig into industry rumors. We've also had a number of DC creators on our show, like Scott Snyder, Jim Lee, Christopher Priest, Steve Orlando, and Joshua Williamson. So, if you like Borat jokes, no bad to end Dio impressions, this is bad, what the f***? and an in-depth look at DC each week, join us every Wednesday morning at multiversitycomics.com, Apple Podcasts, or your podcatcher of choice. Come get Jurgens with us all right hello and welcome back we're at the second half of the show where we talk about the latest in shonen jump uh this time for the month of july releasing a little bit late uh this time but we're not going to talk about any of the chapters in august just yet especially since it's looking like uh, august is going to be a slim week or slim Slim. month wow august is a week now yeah that's a very slim month (laughs) we're going to start off with a one shot that ran with the very unfortunately generic uh, name of Science versus Magic. Now, this this story is by uh, someone that none of us recognize the name, uh, Inuko Roske. No, not familiar to me, at least. Um, um, did some Googling around, and they are 
responsible for Ultimate Rock, Paper, Scissors, which I have not heard of. Me neither. But the main draw when I saw this was the art by our favorite, Yusuke Murata. Yes. Um, artist of the... Would be a remake? Is that the technically correct... Adaptation term? of... The retelling... Of one's... Of one Punch Man. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know. The new version, I guess, of Well, one now, Punch Man. It, has it passed the webcomic yet in terms of content? I don't know I'm about that. Sure. That's a good question. I'm I don't know. Sure. I didn't... I don't uh, know the original webcomic well. I've just looked at, you know, a few things here and there. So this, I'm sure you can basically, if I told you it was a fighting manga called Science versus Magic, you'd probably be able to guess the plot beat for beat. And you'd probably be right. Did you guess it was a wizard versus a robot? You're right. Or cyborg. (laughs) Yeah. But anyway. A wizard monk. Yeah, hybrid. I th- I almost hoped that it would be when they mentioned science that it would be more like uh, a Doctor Stone That's... approach to science. Yeah. yeah, I thought maybe for a second that before I saw the before I saw the author, I thought maybe the author was the one that was the person that did um, Doctor Stone. Doctor Stone, but no, it's this guy that we're not familiar with. Who I, I'm not trying to like right. d- d- diss them or anything. I but would, it would have been funny. Yeah, I would say if it wasn't for the fact that it's Murata, this would be like a solid five. Um, it's it's like it, a it's 4.5. it's extremely generic, yes, but I think it does what it sets out to do I, well enough. I think it handled being a one shot better than some other stuff. That's, handled that's being a one shot. Sure. It didn't feel like it was like a proof of concept. Yeah, they there, wanted to pitch as a bigger story. There was still world building. And maybe a bit more than was necessary, but it like felt like it was being put there to establish the conflict and everything, yeah, it, as opposed to hint at more adventures that could come. There, yeah. There's nothing more to no, this than yeah. this one fight, basically. It's, it's just, just Murata wanted to flex some more, and he <laughs> yeah. said, "Hey, Inukoroske, like, you want me to help? You want to help me flex?" And he's like, "Yeah." <laughs> and yeah, it was beautiful. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I don't know how you know one punch man it doesn't come out weekly but when it comes out mm-hmm. there's usually like a few dozen pages at least yeah um, it's usually longer than the other series um and so managing to fit this into just nuts yeah absolute king the, the goat pretty much yeah um probably yeah the best just like shonen fighting action yeah. Artist active right now. I don't know who you could. Well, they're one of the best artists in comics, period, right now. Mirada. Possibly. I feel like across certain genres, it's hard to compare, but I mean, Come on. He's, he's certainly, don't get me wrong, he's incredible. Yeah. <laughs> um, can't, can't deny that. To some extent, you can compare, though. I mean, sure. you can't say he's, I mean. Right, but Mirada, for example, I much as I love him, I don't think you could tell like a super serious story yeah maybe not and that's well, you don't know though for sure i, yeah, I mean I, like, I, could, i'd love to be proven could, wrong could naoki urasawa draw a shonen action series <laughs> probably i mean <laughs> he could actually I mean, do a pretty yeah pluto's close yeah actually he did do one i'm sorry i apologize yeah pluto was was kind of well i'm trying not to use shonen as like a descriptor of yeah, content it, yeah it wasn't anymore, it was but... was it technically saying 
It was Pluto definitely was for adults, yeah. but it was based on a property right. that people know as children. Um, anyway, it could I be, guess, yeah. I mean, <laughs> anything more to say about science versus magic besides no, it looked good? It looked nice. It was, it was fine, yeah. I didn't hate reading it. I hope that if they do more one-shots, they kind of make them... I don't want to think like, oh, this was tech- this was something that... This is something like Bakuman where like they pitched it and they're like, okay, sure, we'll put your first chapter in here, but we're not actually going to make this a series. So. Right. Yeah. Give it closure. Like Science versus Magic definitely had more closure than some of these other things we've read right. that have been one-shots. So. Yeah. We had another one-shot of sorts. Yeah, it was interesting. Month. Very interesting. What we had was Boichi of Dr. Stone, who we've, again, like Murado, we've talked a lot about how he's a wonderful artist, fantastic artist. I believe he's Korean. Um, really? Yeah. I think that's Japanese. right, actually. Yeah, I think he is. Interesting. So he did a chapter this week that was basically, it, it was like a cover. He covered a chapter of One Piece. In his style. Yeah. From very early on, um, the Zoro and Mihawk, Mihawk battle. I forget yeah. the number off the top of I don't head. remember the chapter. But, it happens around the time of the Baradier arc where they meet Sanji. Yeah. And mm-hmm. Zoro basically fights this guy who's the best swordsman in the world and loses. Right. And it's a pretty iconic chapter. Yeah, it's a lot one of, of the most one of the it. most famous chapters of the series. Yeah, and Zoro, there's a famous shot of Zoro. He says like, "I won't lose ever again." Yeah, and he holds his sword up, and I um, I think I think it looked. I mean, obviously, like Boichi, like you said, is a great artist. I don't know if his style really fits One Piece. I think it's too like it's too like hard around the edges or something. Like I think it's not cartoony. I mean, it is cartoony. I don't know how to it's, describe it. It's very stylized, but but it's not I as the weird gentle thing, as One Piece. The, I don't know. The weird thing was, I thought he he drew Luffy very well. Yeah, I liked the way that he drew Luffy. But Zoro a lot. looked too young. Yeah, his, his his Zoro was kind of the weak link, and it was the Zoro focus chapter. Yeah, um, it, it just something. Yeah, he seemed off, um, as you said, like maybe a bit too young. I mean. Zoro, of course, is, like, supposed to be... He's, like, 19. 19. I mean, he's still young, but he's not, like, 15. But he also looks a lot older than 19, too. Yes, he does. Yeah. So, there was, like, certainly an aspect of, like... Of course, any time an artist with a distinctive style does the work of another artist with a very distinctive style, yeah, it's not going to feel the same. Yeah, I thought... Um, But it was very just cool like i i yeah. have not seen this before i thought um, also mihawk looked good in the style yeah mihawk looked great luffy in the looks style. good mihawk looks almost better i want to say just because he looks yeah so, he looks so that, menacing that like mixture of like you know um angle angular eyebrows and uh, yeah um that looks great um yeah but yeah th- this is just such an interesting concept to me i i it made me curious if there are like any other examples. If this is like something that, you know, I'm, I'm part of it is that just artists aren't exactly uh, making a lot of money doing comics, no matter where they are in the world. <laughs> you know, yeah. it's it's not a lucrative field, so you're not gonna most of the time you're not gonna be able to just take the time to completely redraw 
a chapter or an issue of something. Um, so I, I can't imagine this is a very common thing. Like maybe yeah. I can, I've, I've heard of like similar like exercises of like doing like thumbnails of layouts and such. Um, but yeah, this is, this is very unique, very cool idea that I'd love to see just other examples of and, and if anyone listening is aware of anything like that please sound off in the comments I'd, I'd love to see more examples of things like this it, it was just like a cool artistic exercise I yeah we're we're yeah did boichi and oda go out for drinks or something and boichi's like hey let me draw chapter one piece and oda's like all right well i'm sure it wasn't oda it was probably shonen jump right to asia but can you guys, uh, are, are there any, like, artists that are currently in Weekly Shonen Jump that you would like to see draw a specific story or anything? Oh, man. Uh, this, this, is the, this is the sort of thing that you, you this is, hear you speculating, this. speculating more in, uh, with Western comics just because artists do draw all these different properties, whereas the properties tend to be tied more hmm. to the creators in manga. Um <sighs> What would be? I was thinking Toriyama drawing <laughs> Toriyama, anything. <laughs> I don't. Yeah. Well, I guess he's not currently. Well, so Super is drawn by someone else, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's joined. I don't even know uh, he does layouts. To Toyo Taro, I think is his name. Yeah. Okay. Um, and he's like a collaborator of Toriyama. For some um, reason, I was thinking like Toriyama drawing Doctor Stone might be cute because he's done... actually yeah. Now that I think about, it, there's a <laughs> I lot feel like of uh... there's certain design elements to the Doctor Stone characters that would fit Toriyama's right. style. And, you know, and the the semi prehistoric prehistoric not really yeah. you know that that is something that uh, Toriyama messes around with a lot. Right. I think there's uh... no animals though. Which <laughs> true. Well, there were cute pigs. But yeah. no dinosaurs. That's that's the, that's the one. Mind. That's the one thing that's missing from. Dr. I wish Doctor Stone would be a lot better if, if they had dinosaurs some reason, came back. Some reason that dinosaurs came back. Well, you'd think that animals would just evolve to be crazy in like the thousands of years that humans weren't around to call. Yeah. Uh, thousands of years. Not is really a long enough. Time for, probably not uh, enough evolution. to really have a lot of evolutionary differences, but yeah. So, any other thoughts on Boichi's One Piece chapter besides it was just a cool yeah, idea? Not really. Well, then, I think one thing that we definitely want to talk about this month has been the massive, maybe massive isn't the right word, um, just the intense past <laughs> few chapters of My Hero Academia. Heavy. Um, just fantastic stuff from Horikoshi. Oh, can I can I put this out there for Horikoshi if he's listening? Kohei Horikoshi, you should do a horror manga. That's all I have to say. We've said it before. <laughs> Hopefully you listen this time. Yeah, because um, I, I know you're listening. You just haven't commented, Horikoshi. That's um, all right. I understand. <laughs> a little shy to talk to us, to us uh, big shots. But yeah, because um, these past few chapters have just had some of the best like most intense freakish imagery yeah. that's ever been in my hero academia and it really fit i think With, without it being too i mean it's violent in the sense that people are dying but like not like you know it didn't feel 
not not like traditional blood and gore, you know. Yeah. People kind of exploding, but <laughs> Yeah. Know. Well, I mean, so we got basically uh the backstory, the full backstory, we think, of uh, Shigaraki, the the up-and-coming, I suppose, main villain of My Hero Academia. I'm assuming he's going to eventually be centered as the main villain. Yeah. But we finally got the story behind why he has hands equipped to him. Who the hands were. Which we had suspicions and clues suspicions of suspicions that they were his family members because he referred to them as the family. Right. And... We find out, and I was so worried that they weren't going to do this. I was so worried that when we found out what the hands were, that it wasn't actually going to be Shigaraki that had like killed his family. I thought that would have been lame right. if it had turned out that someone else had done it and he'd been tricked. Right. Truly, the best choice was what happened, was that right. he did kill his family. A few were accidents. A couple were accidents. One was not an accident. Definitely not. Yeah, and I thought that was great because you could tell there was a bit of ambiguity to that chapter. Probably the best chapter that my hero, best chapter in my hero academia so far. Awesome. That uh, the one where you start out where he's hugging the dog. Yeah. <laughs> and the dog just uh, dissolves, and then he realizes that. So this is when he realizes though that he he was actually killing people by not touching them because he killed his sister that way, and I think his mom and grandparents died that way too. But then his dad comes outside. His dad who has been abusing him, and he just grabs his dad's face, <laughs> and. We know what happens when he touches somebody's skin with all five of his fingers. So they're gone. They're dead. Yeah. Bye-bye. Very nasty. Yeah. That, that was just brutal. Fantastic chapter. Um, yeah. And, and this, this whole arc, you know, I'm, I almost wish that these villains were like the main cast. And I'm, I'm, I, I, love, I do too. I love Deku. Deku's a he's very my, good. He's my sweet son. Yeah, a, a delightful boy, but the, this is just such. I, I think um, Horikoshi's having such a great time with this cast of characters. I, I've come around on even like you know the ones that I didn't like before, like uh, Togo. Togo. I like Togo, Togo now. Um, and you know, it's I'm I'm almost going to be sad getting back to the main yeah. cast. And Reed Destro has been really good too. Uh, the guy that's fighting. Yeah, I, I was right not expecting his quirk at all. His quirk was very weird, and the first kind panel of body you see it, again, horror, uh, extreme body horror, really, like because he basically grows. Uh, his at first I thought it was just his arm, but he made his arm like super big, and he was using it to punch and hit uh, at Shigaraki, and then his whole body, I guess, basically builds up stress, and it makes him really, it makes him Hulk out, basically. It's the power of nofap. <laughs> Okay. If you want to put it that way, or he's got like a J.O. crystal or something. Yeah, <laughs> charging it up. <laughs> That's what the liberation, the meta liberation army has like built their power around. Um, yeah. Yeah. So uh, this guy, Redestro, is just uh, kind of the power manifests is this. First, he grows really big, and then it, he kind of gets this black pallor or some kind of like. Yeah. It looks like a just blackness just covers him. And but but the really cool part is that like his face, you can see his mouth is still there. Like the, the blackness forms a kind of a space where you can still see his mouth, but then there's like lines that cover it, black lines, so it makes it look like teeth. Yeah. It's really disturbing. Um really good. Uh the Yeah. I don't know. I, I really I, I thought this guy was okay until 
we saw his power. I liked his design, his uh, Luke at me, uh, Ace Attorney design. Luke, uh, Luke at me mixed with uh, the freaking Joker. Or the Monarch or something. Yeah, um, a little bit between all three. I think he's got red hair, so I was thinking yeah. the Monarch, but... Yeah, this guy, Redestro, pretty awesome. I'm a little sad that he's going to probably get go. <laughs> he's going to get, like, dissolved by Shigaraki, yeah. I think. You, you don't recover from Shigaraki's power? No. The, the I remember the first really shocking moment, actually, of My Hero Academia was during the... Because I read... I have this manga volume uh, when the, the first big fight, which I think, Walter, we were talking about, like, when does My Hero Academia get good? Like... Not that it's not good, but like, when does it kind of get its hooks in? Like it's, the first it's time. It's our long park arc equivalent. I think I don't know that it even has something that good, but I think like the first thing I, I really enjoyed was like school. the first attack on the school, where uh, Shigaraki appears, and there's a really scary scene where he touches Suyu's face, the frog girl. Mm-hmm. He just reaches out and you see his hands, all five fingers touching her face, but the teacher eraser head is looking at him, so. Right. He doesn't, you know, dissolve, explode her her head. Uh, so that was a really cool mirroring of that. <laughs> One of the latest chapters, except it didn't have the happy ending of not exploding the person's head. But, you know, a little kid like that being abused and, and uh, shunned. Uh, and then having that happen to him and then being forced out and nobody helping him, being horrified of, of him, which, I mean, I can't. I guess I can't blame people for being a little scared of how he looked, but still, I mean, how he turned out is not really a huge uh, surprise, I guess. I um, I guess it, it, I actually don't know if I had read this arc where this was revealed or if I had just forgotten, but I, I forgot that he is the grandson of the, the former first. or... Yeah, one of the earlier All Mights. Yeah. Um, so or all for all for one all or for one for all. all. Sorry. Yes. Gosh, yeah. Yeah. One for all. So his. One for all. So his. The main thing I know is that his grandmother was all uh, All Might's former mentor. Right. Right. That's and um, yeah. Yeah. So, I I like, I'm kind of curious where where he is being positioned to go yeah um because he he is clearly being built up as kind of the main villain yeah and has been for a while but he this arc sympathizes him makes him a lot more sympathetic yeah and also creating that tie it it really seems like he's building to some kind of redemption arc i think so I think it could be that he'll kill uh, all for one. Uh huh. I don't. I don't know if it'll be that simple, uh, but I think I could also see him somehow. Because in ways he kind of looks like Deku, right? I thought he kind of looked like Deku, like his hair, a little bit a little when he bit, was younger. Yeah. Sort of. And, yeah. Uh, I kind of see some parallels between them. Weirdly, like I feel right. like if they and, could see, I mean, they're eye obviously to eye, they're obviously the analogs of. You know, yeah. the successors to yeah. all for one and one for all, respectively. Oh, yeah, I didn't so, think about it like that. So I know, think... um, it's like one of those things where, yes, in, in some way, all for one is the big bad, but he's also, in some ways, he's more All Might's villain, whereas right. Shigaraki is more Deku's villain. Yeah, yeah. And Shigaraki is not going to inherit 
Oh, for one, right. Let me yes, think. not not in that sense because he already has a quirk that's pretty good. I'm I'm just getting like major Kylo Ren vibes from. That's exactly Shiro what I was now. about to suggest. Yeah. So. <laughs> really. That we might be building up to like a fake out redemption kind thing. Well. I'd be more interested. I don't want to see Shigaraki. I kind of do don't want to see that either. I could kind of see a a temporary. It's weird. Shigaraki is kind of immature, right? I mean, he doesn't really have a very mature worldview. Right. right. He, I can't see him doing anything but just kind of existing. Like, I don't see him having a big plan. Right. He's got something going on now, but like, I kind of just. I don't know how to explain it. I mean, maybe something will build a little bit more with whenever um, one for all for one comes back into the picture. But yeah, he's he's interesting in that way. Do I look like a man with a plan to you, Shigaraki's trick? <laughs> anyway, oh, <God>. okay, <laughs> Shigaraki kind of is like the freaking Joker if you think about it, because uh-huh. except Shigaraki makes gamer references. That's the thing he does. Shigaraki is absolutely like the Twitch streamer, but his thing is like he talks really low and just kind of says twisted stuff on the mic while he's uh, streaming Fortnite or Minecraft. Terrible. Terrible, man. (laughs) Yeah, Um, so really good chapters in that. Yeah. Really good. And and we've also had some real big bombs in um, Promise Neverland lately. Mm -hmm. First of all, We'll go ahead and get this out of the way that will make our reference about, well, once again, looks like it might be ending. <laughs> oh, you mean like the, the story? Right. Well, this, this does actually deal with the entire right. uh, monster race. So. Right. so we had in this month, we had uh, two, was it two flashback chapters? Um, like, like I think so. Don't you, are you talking about mm-hmm. the one with the Ratry clan yeah. where they were in like we medieval went, times yeah, in like the year two? Yeah, we went back. Yeah, it's kind of like the weirdness of talking about yeah. Dr. Stone where it's like medieval times, but not really. Um, yeah, it was vaguely medieval, kind of like they were in a medieval times yeah. uh, restaurant. <laughs> they, they, ran, they ransacked medieval times event, to, not a, to medieval arm times themselves. It's not really a restaurant. It's like a, a event venue kind of right yeah. it's, just like, it's like a thing it's like an alternate universe that you just <laughs> um so this was going back to the the original time that the deal was made right so we find out that the humans first of all the deal was not made uh by cons- it was not made consensual no one i decided this was i think this was the way to go with the story yeah um sure. i mean because promise neverland is pretty much just story um Right. It doesn't really deal much in. It's a pretty good story. Um, uh, there's some semblance of character, but it's, it's kind of just a semblance. It's, yeah, it's just like watching a fun action mm-hmm. movie, kind of. And so I think, so we find out that the original person that made the, I think they call it the promise, Yeah. was just this guy that was like, I want the war to end, and to do that, I'll sacrifice people. Right. Which is like never the way to go. No, um, that's bad. <laughs> Don't do that. Yeah. Uh, if we're ever invaded by demons, any yeah, of our listeners... Like, don't do that, no matter what they say. Yeah, or to make some kind of ritual sacrifice every year. So, like, no matter what, people are going to die. But this time you made it so that it's, like, this, like, ritualized thing, which is... 
which again is a very i mean like well well trodden uh yes. young yeah. adult territory with like hunger games and and things like that right. like, I, yeah I think, I think i think we talked about thomas neverland being like and, a uh, and um the i always forget the proper name of it those who walk away from omelas omelas that's the this year, is what, like, yeah. Yeah. Um, um similar kind of thing in that regard um so where we're at now is i guess there's a kind of quasi godlike figure we're still not quite it's kind of like a toriyama god yeah kind of like seems... the god of the universe in super yeah. he's like let's mm-hmm. play let's right. play and uh with the with the uh i wonder if they've gotten far enough to for it to be mentioned in the show because in the manga it's portrayed in just like kind of like a few strange characters oh when, when the they name speak of god it. yeah when they speak yeah i think they might uh, i don't uh, know actually because i haven't been watching the show but yeah I, i'd be interested i don't know the first time i don't think it's i don't think it's very it's probably early not, when they talk about it yeah it's like they're, halfway, yeah they're probably not far enough along probably like in the 80s or 90 chapters yeah. i would say like 100 chapters ago um, um so or wait are we on what chapter are we on like 140 something that's a good question um but so emma and ray ray have found their way through an interesting uh kind of traversing between time and space yeah short little thing there but um emma has made a new promise we don't know what it is yet. still don't know and Ray was like, what did you have to give up to do it? Because apparently to do this, you have to give the god something in return. Classic. And you can't not accept it. Right. I don't know if you can barter or what's the word, haggle for it, but she seemed to be okay with whatever it was. Right. I'm assuming it's like, I was like, the worst thing that happens is like Emma has to die or something. Right. But they kind of already pulled that though, didn't they, with them? I feel like something similar happened. I can't actually think of the example, but yeah. So that's, so that's pretty interesting, but I'd say probably the more interesting stuff has been going on with Norman. So Norman is like a bad guy now, kind of. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Norman. As we know from previous arcs, there are some demons that are not so demonic, shall we say. Right. Um, they're good. The, issue is that norman and um some of the i guess like genetically augmented killers that he rescued yeah they don't see it that way they just want to kill them yeah they want to completely get rid of all the demons doesn't matter if like you were friends with them partially because we've also learned that demons need to eat humans to remain to sentient maintain, yeah so it's not just like you know at the beginning it wasn't sure to like do they just enjoy eating human flesh i mean that's a classic um but they actually need it to like remain so they right. don't just become like dogs i guess yeah the, the the demons that we've seen throughout the series that are more feral the implication there is that they've just been stuck in the wild right um, so one thing i will say about the series thematically is like i'm glad they did take the tack of some the, the people we associate as the good guys want to not commit genocide against a sentient race. Like, right. Okay. I'm not saying that what the demons are doing is good. Of course. I mean, most of the demons are killing and eating humans. However, 
like, I think it is the more difficult and, like, morally, probably at the end of the day, like, more morally upright position to be like, well, let's not just massacre them in return. Right. Obviously, like, you're going to have to fight at some point because these people, if, if they're threatening to eat your kids, I mean, you have to defend them. But I think, I think it's better than, like, Emma and Ray just being like, because uh, then how would there be any conflict, really, with Norman because they want the same thing? Right. Yeah. So, Norman is kind of being positioned as... I don't know if I would call him... He's an antagonist of sorts. Yeah. Um, I'm sure that there's... Yeah. I, I think that there's something we still don't know. Yeah. Like, I I don't want to insult the creators and, like, you know, not trust them to kind of stick to their guns or whatever. I do kind of feel like there might be something to make it so that Norman isn't as bad as he seems right now. Yeah. That there's something that we don't know. We'll see. I think so. Probably. Though it would be interesting. It, it would maybe be more interesting for him to be in the wrong here, though. Yeah, I, I yeah. agree. Because he was kind of the, he was the paragon kind of, uh, he he and Emma, and, you know, Ray was kind of the, like, black sheep, um, yeah. kind of more like, I, I mean, I wouldn't have called him an anti-hero, but he was a little bit more rough around the edges. He was the facts and logic to... uh, one. Yeah, exactly. The Ben yeah, Shapiro yeah. of the bunch. He was, same, yeah. Same height as him, too. Um, anyway. Oh, God. So, yeah, it's probably... I, I would say it's after My Hero Academia, it's, it's probably the second best thing going right now um it's the close even though it's like you know lacking like really that much in the way of characterization i think it's the closest to come to being interesting yeah like in a like plot sense yeah um yeah. Mm-hmm. not just fun but I'm, right. I'm i'm intrigued i want to know how these you know these are these are real moral dilemmas, not yeah. like you know just kind of um, the trappings of something like. Uh, yeah, I think that they're pretty well presented for like kids too. I yeah. mean, I think it's pretty clear cut. Um, also, I, I like the art, the kind of airy. Yeah. I don't know if we've, I mean, we've talked about the art plenty, but uh, it yeah, it has this kind of uh, wispy kind of feeling to it, kind of sometimes. Yeah. Um, yeah, and and I I would say that this too, like even compared to My Hero Academia, this like really feels like it's building to something big, right? Um, yeah, but there, know, there's a narrative planned, right? Right, right. Which as good as MHA has been recently, this arc has kind of felt like a weird diversion from the main plot, right? Um. That will eventually probably pay off, but right now we don't really know what that's going to look like. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, based on listener suggestion, we're going to start talking about um, the quote-unquote rankings um, in Shonen Jump. We say rankings. What it really is is that when the magazine is published in in Japan, the actual magazine. Um, the table of contents is often used as a sort of unofficial way to track how the various series are doing. 
basically the idea being that usually the stuff in the front is going to be more popular. Now, of course, you know, you sometimes like vary what is the cover story. And so something might occasionally like be the first thing just because that's, you know, they've decided, okay, this week we're going to have um, Dr. Stone be the cover story. You, You know, a lot of series get their like time in the sun with that. Um, Except for Yu-Gi-Oh! I think we went through like over a year with Yu-Gi-Oh!'s XL running in uh, at least the US version and it was never on the cover. So there's no more <laughs> Yu-Gi-Oh! in the American Shonen Jump at all anymore? I kind of just question. haven't really paid yeah. attention. <laughs> I haven't been paying attention either. Um, oh, yeah, that's a good question. Uh, I wonder if maybe I'll the, check on that really quick. I wonder if maybe the uh, something with the rights is. to how it changed. Does that oh, yeah, it could just be. Yeah. Or was it Arc... V Archie, um <laughs> Anyway. Well, Excel definitely ended. Yeah. Um so I think actually I don't know. So just as a general rule of thumb, by kind of analyzing where um stuff are in the table of contents week by week by week, fans get a rough idea how well it's doing, how popular it is. There will always be exceptions. Um, Likewise, an interesting uh, comment that I saw just when I was basically making sure I was checking my facts before this, because this is something I'm only vaguely familiar with from discourse online and such. Um, The series that are more adult in content, though maybe still technically shown in, but those are apparently like show up more in the back with the idea they don't want to like front load that stuff so there will be certain factors that influence but it's a good like predictor maybe predictor um, um yeah, yeah that's that's a good word for a predictor so just kind of like you know touching on some of the stuff that we um didn't talk about yet this month um it seems that our weird semi enjoyable Chainsaw Man has been pretty firmly in the middle of the pack. So it might time. survive for a bit. Yeah, which is a good I'd say that's a good place for a um yeah, for a new series to be. Yeah. Uh, it's frequently um just below some of the other series that have been they're relatively new but have been running for long enough that they feel safe. So I think seeing where it's been placing I think Chainsaw Man is in a safe spot. Yeah. It's going to keep going, which I think is good. As we've said, our I think it's feelings good. with Chainsaw Man are complicated. Yeah. Um, mm. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of the newest series, so the block of, let's say... Um, Double Taisei. Double Taisei, Yui Kamiyo, Beast Children, um, The Last Sayuki. A lot of those... Shinobi Squad? That's a little higher, it looks like. Yeah, that's a little bit higher. And that's like, that was like, so not the newest. I think it's been fluctuating though, too. Yeah. yeah. Uh, a lot a lot of these have been sitting at the bottom, which I imagine, you know, that's going to be common. You know, not everything's going to be hit off the, right off the back, right off the bat. Um, but we have, I I believe what I read was a reputable source. Um, I'm, I'm 95% certain that the last Sayuki has in fact been canned. Um, So the Sunday after we record this and then after it's been published on the website, it will have its last chapter. Um, 
I think it could have been okay. It was just so dense. Like yeah. the the lore dumps were just too much. Yeah. It was a really clean looking story. I I had in fact dropped it um, shortly before hearing about this. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, I kept reading it, but so it was just too dense. And and sure enough, like the past month, it was usually like, if not in the last spot, just one or two above it. Um, Yeah. We'll see if it, if any of these others that have been hovering around there stick around. Beast, Beast Children has been at the bottom for the last three weeks. Yeah. Oh, I'm crying, but those are tears of happiness. It's, <laughs> it's not that bad. It's I, fine. I know, but I just don't... I don't get most sports manga. This one especially, I'm just not feeling. Yeah. Um, let's see. I, I am surprised. I, I'm So since we're still fairly new to analyzing the table of contents, I am curious when it's usually expected for a series, if it's going to stick around to start ticking up because um, Tokyo Shinobi Squad has been pretty low. Um, again, it's very new. We're only, what? what is this, five chapters in at this point? Probably like, definitely less than 10. No, nah, I think we're like, I think nine just came out maybe. Okay. So a little less nine, than nine or 10. 10. Okay. But, you know, I... I think it's good. Yeah. Um, I think it's at least as good as like Hachimaru. Yeah. Better than Hachimaru. Mm-hmm. Um, which which is interesting too because it's pretty close in the rankings yeah. um, and has a like much higher profile creative team. Yeah. Right. So I don't know if, if uh, are we still at the point where it's too early to call based on where it is? Because to me, it seems like it has the makings of a hit. It's... I don't, I don't love it, but I can. It has that quality that I feel like it could be very popular, even though it's. Which it one is, took? Uh, sorry. Um, um, well, did, are you guys caught spot. up on it? Did, yeah. I, I did not read okay. uh, the first one of August yet. I did. Oh well, that's the. <laughs> okay. That's the. Oh wait, of August. Okay, no, I was thinking the first one of July. Was. That was the one uh, where I feel like the writer artist got, you know, very horny on Maine. Oh, the, the, uh, yeah, the clothing power? Or... No, the like opening shot. Yeah, yeah, I, I know the one that you're speaking about. I actually don't. Wow, I feel bad. You've just gotten so uh, I'm so used to like reading food wars, so desensitized. food wars and stuff that I so so much doesn't appeal to me. As a, <laughs> a straight woman, that I'm just like I don't remember it. Not, I'm not saying you guys like are they, weird for remembering it. I just they. Uh, I feel like he turned it around by basically making her into Bayonetta, essentially. <laughs> much. Um, but yeah. But um, so we'll see. I, I'd be interested. I, I'd be surprised if that um, if that flames out early. Maybe even though it's, uh, I feel like it's pretty well executed. Maybe it is just too generic. I don't know. Um, it's a bit generic. Most of the other series that we talk about regularly are firmly at the top. Um, and two that we do not speak of that are fairly frequently <laughs> up there. I've never um, speak its I, name. I said, yeah, we do not speak of. Makes it sound so dramatic. Um, I'm, I'm dramatic about it. We've got a Jujutsu uh, Kaisen and Demon Slayer Kimetsu no Yaiba, um, 
those two are very frequently. Oh, sorry. I thought you were going to say we never learned. Oh, no. Goodness. Oh, no. Well, I don't have any. Does, we, we talk about that high, one just derisively. Whereas... I don't have anything against Jujutsu Kaisen or Demon yeah. Slayer. Yeah. No, those, those two are very frequently at the top, near the top, often, you know, sometimes yeah. number one. Um, so they're clearly, you know, getting a lot of love and. Those were ones that I believe, at least, um, I know, if I remember correctly, Demon Slayer was a jump start here. Oh, I think you're right. Did we read it? We did. Yeah, um, I think we a did. A couple years ago, I think. Because um, okay. um, we're all the way at, you know, 169. Looks uh, like they're... Um, um, it's been running for quite a while now. Wait, but I was think... this the one with the guy that had the young... Um... I. With the with the possessed sister. So what I don't mm-hmm. remember is, was this a jump start, or was this all the way back when they were still doing jump backs when they would do uh, the see, first? See, I don't know. It it wasn't a jump back, I don't think. But I think it it was I think it was a jump start. Okay. And I think and maybe it's one of those that, ones that it was a jump start. It had already. That had been out for I think a it had maybe already. been going. Yeah, okay. I think that's it. I think because that's kind of what happened too with, um, well, no, that's not exactly what happened with My Hero Academia because it just kind of started. Right. It had been going in Japan and just picked up. Yeah. Um, and this is another one of those I, ones yeah. where there's a bit of a gap in the um, Weekly Shonen Jump vault. Yeah, um, I see go from, a gap of about 70. We go from 61 to 139, and I guess they're backfilling that. So we cannot legitimately um catch all of that um i definitely remember jujutsu kaisen was a jump start that we read and talked oh. about yeah yeah wait um, was this the one with the hand? was that the one about the, the and like the bones being a thing yeah i believe oh, so yeah i kind of like that i think uh I, so we can you know yeah knowing that those are big maybe maybe uh by if not the next time we Meet um, maybe by the time after that we'll be talking about one or two of them. Yeah, I mean, gotta catch up on some of them. Not not quite as much to catch up with uh, Jujutsu. Um, yeah, but yeah, so we'll be checking in with those. Mm-hmm. You know, roughly, you know, just catching if anything like stands out in the rankings. Not we're not going to just do like a line by line read reading of like on this week the table of contents was right x yeah we're not gonna we we might if something interesting you know if we notice something trending up trending down right um so on and so forth with our very official sources and yeah fact checked to hell and back oh absolutely otherwise i think that about wraps it up for this month yeah um we'll be back in the early week of september uh to talk about blam be sure to check that out and we'll be back, of course, to talk about the series that are running in Shonen Jump. Yep. So until then, you can find us on Twitter. I'm at Goodbye to a Shoe. I'm at Cosmos, of course. And I'm at Wilker Fox. All right. We'll see you all next month. See ya.